Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we kicked off a brand new series titled Soul Keeping, and Pastor Nick talked about the importance of considering the condition of our souls. Today, I'll be joined by Nick to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm with uh, Nick here today. It's just the two of us, and we are unwrapping uh, the introduction to our Soul Keeping series. So just to uh, get things started, uh, Nick, just wanted to ask you, um, what was it about this series that kind of caught your um, caught your attention, or this book per se? Uh, those who weren't here, um, uh, the reason we picked this series is because this was something that uh, kind of fell on Nick's lap, and it's something that he brought to the table, and we decided to move forward with it. So yeah, Nick, kind of tell us a little bit about how you came about wanting to do a series on this. Well, in a nutshell, it's really just um, kind of a copycat thing. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm close with Scott in Sacramento, and we'll dialogue about what's going on in our respective churches. And uh, for Lent this past year, this is a series that he did. And I think I went up to speak for him like on maybe a little bit after Easter. And so I wanted to get a feel for what Karis was going through. So downloaded his sermons and sort of listened to basically the whole thing. And I actually thought it was really compelling. And so I kind of picked his brain about it and kind of how it came about. And I thought, oh, that'd be really good for us. Like relatively simple. We kind of follow a book. Um, and to me, the beauty of a book is that you don't necessarily have to agree with everything. So if there's sort of a theological nuance that doesn't quite fit, you can still kind of throw it in there and just sort of cite the author and cite sort of his sources and his logic. So that's kind of what we did. And, um, you know, knowing that Brandon was going to be gone, I think it was important for us to just have something that was relatively light, you know, that we could kind of, um, you know, fill a month or so with that was also kind of engaging, something to follow the movie series with. So just felt like it was a good fit. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for getting it started for us. And um, yeah, looking forward to the next four weeks, kind of diving uh, deeper into this this subject and, um, you know, it's good to know, too, that not all of our series comes through some special <laughs> revelation. Sometimes just, we just stumble across uh, books. Uh, we talk to other leaders. We just hear what other churches are doing. We feel like it would be relevant to our church. And if we feel like this would be something that's definitely relevant for us as yeah. a body. Yeah. And I think in my journey, and we've talked about this, you know, preaching is kind of a unique platform because it's sort of different from teaching in that there's an emotional component to it. You know, it's a bit like a speech. You're sort of trying to engage people with truth that they probably already know, that many of them likely already know, but trying to approach it from an angle that for some reason it sticks or it hits our hearts differently. And so I think when we're, we're choosing material, all of that's kind of important. You know, on, on one hand, you can call it, you know, marketing and packaging, but how we say things and you know, the, the way we say it, I think makes a difference. And so for, for us, you know, at the end of the day, this is really a book on spiritual formation. And there are a lot of other authors, a lot of other approaches that we could have taken, but something about Ortberg, I think is compelling something about it that preaches well. So yeah, it's, you know, kind of, you know, peeling back the layers a little bit more of what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what this podcast is for. Uh, so having having said that, now that you've uh, given the talk and you kind of got things started, uh, is there anything from Sunday's message that you would want to emphasize, add to it, or something you'd want to 
uh, clarify from what was said this Sunday? Uh, you know, not really. I, I think I do just in a more conversational setting want to emphasize some of the more ambiguities that aren't great preaching. Um, so one of the things that I always wrestle with is um, kind of the concreteness of our faith. So when we talk about like an afterlife, for example, you know, we talk about it in pretty concrete terms. You know, we talk about the gospel, you know, as if there are there's some weight to it because it has ramifications for the afterlife. But the reality of kind of the biblical picture is that that's also not super clear as 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 far as what that looks like, um, and so um, you know one of the, one of the passages that I grappled with with was the whole idea of Jesus' call to discipleship of mm. uh, what good is it man to what 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 does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul and the whole idea that Willard and Ortberg argue that this is not necessarily a destination but a condition of the soul. And personally, I think it's both. I I think the destination is just sort of the end result of the condition. And for me, that's more in line with Orthodox Christian theology as well. Mm. Um, But it's something that I wrestle with. And so I I like that conversation. Uh, But to me, it's not something that is easy or, or maybe even as concrete, I think, as some of our evangelical language suggests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great to kind of put that out there um kind of on that topic were there any other kind of questions as you were reading the book preparing for the series any questions that came to mind that uh, maybe you you did have an answer for or maybe some questions you don't and you know i feel like this is a great format to kind of just throw it out there because you know i think we're not the only ones asking questions and, and maybe wrestling with some of the concepts being presented yeah, I think some of the things that I really wrestled with um, was semantics. Mm. Because when you kind of do a word study on the soul, there are a number of different words in the biblical text that get translated as soul. And so that's kind of where I threw in that caveat of the biblical narrative isn't so clear cut with some of these ideas. These are kind of things and paradigms that we've extracted and compiled. So one of the things that I kind of got stuck on that I kind of had to realize, okay, I need to kind of pull myself out of this and realize, okay, this is Ortberg's work. I can cite him and that's kind of good enough, was the whole idea of nefesh as soul because it's a fairly loose term in the Old Testament that, in fact, animals can actually have nefesh, meaning Mm. that they have a breath to them. doesn't mean they have a soul as we understand it, but the... animals do have a nefesh so it's like what does that do with that whole idea of what we think the soul is um so that's kind of just one example of Mm -hmm. of kind of something that i found um inconsistent at least from like a western scientific standpoint yeah yeah that's a great insight you know just to be able to and i always appreciate this about you nick and i tell you all the time of just to to wrestle with those questions, you know, mm-hmm. to ask them and uh, to lean into them, to not feel bad about asking them or, or having those questions. And I feel like as the body, we're all wired differently. Mm-hmm. So it's it's us coming together as a church and it's together as a whole. It's how we strengthen one another, edify one another. Yeah. So, so yeah, to be able to kind of, I think, to be the one to have given the message at the same time acknowledge, hey, there's some things I wrestle with too and questions mm-hmm. that I have. Um I think it's it's a very healthy um, way to approach it with humility that mm-hmm. um, I think is good for all of us yeah. to have that. So, 
Um, you know, one of the things that we began this Sunday is to allow our church to ask questions and yeah. to uh, submit them through our app. And fortunately, and we're excited that we got a couple of them uh, this Sunday. So we're going to go ahead and I'll go ahead and ask those questions and I'll let you chime in and I'll chime in if I can as well. Sounds good. But um, first one is from Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne. Hey, thanks, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> And she asks, uh, how can we motivate those in our community to take the condition of their soul more seriously? I worry for those who feel like they're causing too much trouble when they admit they're struggling. So once again, how can we motivate those in our community to take the condition of their soul more seriously? That's a good question. I think... um it's a pretty broad question too, because I think to have a whole category of people who, for whatever reason, neglect the care of their soul, I think there's a lot of different reasons why someone would do that. And um, to me, I mean, just the way that I'm wired and, and how I like to engage people, um, I think it's really important just in general to be able to check in with those that we're shepherding, uh, those that are kind of under our care to kind of provide that safe space for people to share, um, you know, what's really going on with their lives because kind of beyond the semantics of the soul, you know, really we're just, we're just after cultivating honest community. And so I I think having the ability uh, to create those pockets is really important. So whether that's in a small group, uh, in one-on-one meetings, uh, wherever it is that we're engaging one another meaningfully, to make sure that it's safe, I think, and that we're listening well, you know, and to listen to what's said as well as what's not said. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think people are just coming from different places too. And so what might be true for someone else is, is total opposite for, for another. And so creating that safety, I think really is just the key to, to hearing people out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think you kind of began it talking about this Sunday in the book um, really emphasizes, right, there's that dichotomy between our kind of the inner world, the the outer, and while, you know, I, our life kind of encompasses both, obviously, I think there is something there about really beginning to emphasize and focus on the inner. Um, you know, I think it's easy to, to focus on behavior, on what we do, what we say, our actions, our disciplines. And obviously those are all important. But what we see, you know, in Jesus' ministry, a lot of times in scripture is just this emphasize what's going on in, in the inner. Mm-hmm. And to not be so quick to, I think, kind of rationalize it and to justify it. And I think a lot of times we do, right? Like somebody makes us mad. Well, why are we mad? Because you made me mad. Mm-hmm. Done. I yeah. mean, that's the kind of the end Whereas where I think Orberg's going and, you know, I'm going to be talking about a little bit this Sunday of, you know, that's, that's not okay. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. That there is a bar that has been set that is humanly impossible to, to get to on our own, on our own power and our own will. But a, a bar that's set in terms of like, this is what the inner world is supposed to, to look like when it's healthy yeah. and when it's thriving and, we need the grace of God and the Holy Spirit to get us there. But I think being able just talking about those, being open about it, emphasizing it, um, 
you know, I think it just elevates the value and the importance of, hey, there are our behavior matters. Yeah. Our actions matter. There's a lot of things we got to do in this life. But what's going on the inside uh, that matters um, is the book will say it matters more. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that's the case, then uh, hopefully that will get, you know, all of us to take it more seriously. Yeah. You know, so uh, we don't need to take anything else less seriously, mm-hmm. but we need to elevate, I think, the priority in terms of what's going on in the inner. So uh, that's, that's to be honest, that's one reason I'm, I'm excited about this series. I'm yeah. glad that we're talking about it. And, and I'm in the same boat. The semantics, it's, it gets a little confusing sometimes, yeah. but just the general idea of, you know, folks on what is going on mm-hmm. inside, uh, what are we thinking? Mm-hmm. What are we feeling? Yeah. What are we desiring? Yeah. And to ask ourselves, hey, is that, uh, you know, are those good things? Should I be feeling those things? Um, So that's kind of just what comes to mind in terms of uh, Yvonne's question here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with that, and, you know, she she did follow up with the statement, and you did touch upon on community, but in light of taking the condition of our souls seriously, she says, I do worry for those who feel like they're causing too much trouble when they admit they're struggling, um, obviously we don't want to put words in Yvonne's mouth, but just kind of unpack that a little bit more. What do you, what do you think that fear might, where do you think that fear might come from for those who do feel like, Hey, if I, if I share my struggles, it's going to burden others. Yeah. I mean, I think just hearing those words and, you know, given our Asian American context, I think, I think it can mean a number of things depending on the individual. So I think at face value, the idea of burdening someone else, um, that there, there's something, I think on one hand, that culturally we just need to kind of get over a little bit sometimes and just realize this is important. You know, this impacts my relationship with this person, potentially my relationship with God, my role in my community. And there are some things that need to be uh, vocalized. Um, for me personally, I'm a big journaler. Uh, I'm an internal processor. And so much of, of kind of the angst that sometimes I feel in, in f- with, with regards to faith is, is not solved through getting some sort of answer, but just being heard and just being able to express mm-hmm. it. And so I, th- I think the idea of, of being a burden to somebody, um, I think if we just take that a step further, and, and just ask, well, like, what kind of burden do you think that you are? Like, mm-hmm. are you, you costing the other person time, uh, emotional energy? Uh, do you expect them to have a solution? Is it going to cost them something uh, to to sit with you? And, you know, if you think about it, the reality is normally th- those are not costly things. Or those aren't things that are not worthwhile, that don't have worth kind of on the other end. And so... Um, in a way, um, and I can't speak for everybody, but I would sort of put it back on the person's uh, kind of in the person's court of is there is are there other things going on there? Is there fear of judgment? Uh, are mm-hmm. there insecurities? Um, is that just something to hide behind? If I don't want to burden anybody, um, because it does take courage to verbalize these things and mm-hmm. to engage people and and to admit that there's more going on beneath the surface. Um, so yeah, depending on kind of who the person is and, and where they're coming from, um, uh, 
Uh, obviously, I do hope to, you know, that we would be a place again where, where there's safety, where we can engage that. But um, um, yeah, it kind of depends on, on who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I oftentimes uh, will tell people, you know, in situations where they feel like, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to share because I might get rejected or I might be judged or, and they're all valid fears. You know, but the question I'll oftentimes ask, and not in a snarky and sensitive way, is like, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. Right? Because many times, if if we're afraid that we're going to be rejected, and so because of it, we kind of just keep it to ourselves. I said, in that scenario, you've already assumed the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. You've assumed that if I share, I'm going to be rejected, or, or people are going to be annoyed, they're going to mm-hmm. be bored. And if that's what I'm assuming, then I'm already experiencing the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I've just walked into the room. I've said nothing. And I walked out feeling rejected because I assumed they're going to reject me. Right. So I said, what do you have to lose? Like you either share it and actually get rejected mm-hmm. or you don't share it and just assume you'd be rejected. And really, you're going to experience the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, you know, more than likely, 99 percent of the time. Right when you share something and you give people the chance to actually, to love you, to show you that, Hey, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to be bored. I'm not going to be annoyed. You give them the chance to disprove you. Right. Mm -hmm. And to show that, Hey, we do care about, we, we value you so much that your struggles do not burden us. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And obviously, yeah, if we do share and we get rejected, it hurts. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times I think we've already assumed so much worse than what it really is right. until we step out in faith and try it. Yeah. And there's wisdom. You know, maybe we're not going to pour out all of our secrets on the first meeting, mm-hmm. but to give people a chance to earn our trust, mm-hmm. you know, it's so big. Um, and it, it's it's a worth a, it's worth taking that risk because I think a lot of times we've already we're already living the worst case scenario mm-hmm. if we don't try. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think about the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. If you kind of walk around making these assumptions, you're right. The reality is we're living in it already. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Yvonne, hopefully that, that helped. <laughs> and thank you for asking that question. And I think it's a really relevant question for, for everyone. Uh, the next question is from uh, JT, our buddy JT. Hey, JT. His question, he says, uh, uh, Nick mentioned that, uh, quote, we have a soul, quote. Um, he says, however, C.S. Lewis is quoted as saying, you do not have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. Any thoughts on this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Yeah, thanks, JT, for the, uh, for the Hard question. question. But to me, I mean, there's kind of that beauty of, of doing a book is that I'm just going to pit C.S. Lewis against Ortberg and say, you guys can duke it out. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that kind of gets back to our discussion on semantics where, you know, we talk about an inner life, an outer life, uh, the body, um, the mind, the will. These are kind of just terms that we've used to try and understand who we are, right? And so... If, you know, obviously for C.S. Lewis, he's saying, you are the soul. It's your consciousness. There's nothing outside of it. And and that's what I did kind of wrestle with, with, with Ortberg's model, 
because I think he is a little bit inconsistent with the terms that he uses and the paradigms that he draws from. Uh, for example, when he's talking about Dallas Willard's model of the concentric circles of the soul, the soul is the integrator, ties everything together. But then he also talks about us as kind of the deepest part of our consciousness being the keeper of our souls. So there's a responsibility and a stewardship that we have that's outside of our souls. So then would that then be C.S. Lewis's definition of the soul, that you are the soul? Um, and um, even like I mentioned the sermon, when, when we look at the English translations of spirit, mind, heart, soul, um, there's sort of overlap and there's, there's not a ton of consistency as far as what exactly all of those, those things are. Uh, and different authors use them in, in different contexts too. And so that's kind of why at the end of the day, I, I just kind of made that comment of, you know, there's an inner life and an outer life. And so much of what we're talking about is caring about the inner life. Um, mm. But, um, but of course, even with that, it's duality, right? It assumes that there's an outer life and an inner life mm-hmm. and still begs that question. Well, what's the, you know, who are you? Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, I, I think there's a lot that we can go back and forth when we're talking about defining terms. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't know. <laughs> Good, honest, honest answer and, um, great answer. I'm gonna leave it at that because, um, <laughs> I'm speaking Sunday and it's only Tuesday <laughs> and I haven't thought hard enough about those, those questions yet, but, but nevertheless, um, yeah, I appreciate JT. Thanks for asking that question. And, um, you know, I want to just case say, keep them coming. And I think it helps us. And if we can be helpful in answering those questions and uh, we'd love to engage uh, more in a conversation like this. Yeah. Kind of one tangent, the thought that I had on all of that is that, kind of the complexity of what we're trying to define speaks to the complexity of the inner dimensions kind of of our soul, of our spirit, of our psyche. And uh, that's one of the things that I love about SoulFit, to be honest, is that there's an element to our physicality that I think is easier to get to, but actually impacts some of the deeper parts of who we are without us having to go through hours and hours of therapy. And this is something that I've talked to with therapists, with my wife, who's a psychiatrist, and most would agree that, hey, if you have kind of your traditional Freudian psychodynamic um, approach to therapy, it's going to take you years to make any sort of progress. But you come and you work out with me for three days a week, you know, you're consistent. I would argue that you would see significant changes in your emotional health in months or less. Um, and that's without necessarily being able to define everything, without having to, to name everything that's going on inside. But there's a fix. And, and I think, to me, it, it's at least humbling to know, you know, God made us as complex creatures. And sometimes um, the answer is beyond our understanding. But God provides us ways to grow and we trust those means and and we grow without necessarily being able to fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, that, I mean, just hearing that. And I know we've talked about a little bit of that before, but uh, hearing you say that, um, what do you think that is? Like, What is it about being able to 
train three days that 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 helps. You know, I mean, I mean, I know in the surveys you can be like, yeah, you work out, you feel better, but you know, as you kind of just unpack that a little bit of um, what it is that kind of brings those two together from from your perspective. Um. I'm not sure if I totally understand the question, but <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just give you some thoughts, and you kind of sure. say like that totally didn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. So I've, I'm kind of looking at it through two lenses. One, I, what I find really compelling is sort of the secular neuroscience part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is what exercise does physiologically, and why you feel better, and why it impacts some of the deeper parts of who you are. So I do find that compelling, but I mean, to me, that's still under the umbrella of God's design. Like God designed our bodies to work this way. Mm-hmm. Um, from a faith standpoint, um, I do feel like there are certain things that sometimes God just asks us to do and you just do it, you know? And for, and for me, I always ask the why questions and I think those are important. You know, God does this for a reason. He has this commandment, this law, this teaching not just because we're robots and he needs us to follow him, but you know, there's good in it. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize that there are some things that we may never fully understand. And sometimes God just says, I want you to trust me. Hmm. And I think that's part of how our bodies are wired. Sometimes if, if you steward your body, other things will fall into place. Mm. And I kind of expand that too. Of like, if you just do some of the spiritual disciplines, I, I can't tell you how it works, but it, it works, you know? Um, and I, I think there's an element of faith there at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for, that was exactly my question. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, it's funny that you say the, that part about the, the faith component, because I've always, you know, we talk a lot about SoFit and, you know, I went from being very doubtful to, I'm all in and I, and I love it. And I, and I told you a lot that one of the things I enjoy the most is the mental component or mm-hmm. that I've in, I've attributed to like the mental component of it where you begin something and in the midst of it, everything in you is like screaming, stop, yeah. you know, just it's too hard. Why are you doing this? But to be able to like push through that, mm-hmm. to come out the other end, to experience, you know, the joy of be, being finished and then to, be able to see results and to mm-hmm. feel better. Like that's kind of icing on the cake, but kind of what I, what I label as like the mental component, it's not just mental, you know, mm-hmm. hearing you answer it, there's like a spiritual component. There's like a, just the part of us that has the ability to do that. Yeah. To, to go against maybe what our flesh our body mm-hmm. may want in that moment, because there's something greater that awaits yeah. and to be able to experience that in a, in a 10 minute workout, yeah. um, you know, I think it just builds and strengthens the ability to do it in other areas of our life and where the, the spirit, the soul, the mind, where that part is, I, I don't know. Yeah. But that component of it where it's not just working out, it's not just feeling better physically, but mm-hmm. there's that part in it that yeah, it, it's strengthening. It's almost like it's strengthening another muscle mm-hmm. that's beyond the physical. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting to see that on an individual level too. I mean, I'm obviously not going to name any names, but I, I do see that whatever that muscle is, that ability to do things sometimes when you don't feel like it, mm-hmm. um, to engage when you want to withdraw, whatever that might be, it's cool to see people grow in that. 
Uh, and obviously it's, it's so personal and so individualized that it's not something that I can, can broadcast. Um, but definitely something that I've noticed and something that I'm grateful to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks. That was, that was a lot of fun. I just kind of connecting those two together. And I think it's why, um, yeah, Sulfit and everything that, that you're doing, that what that's happening here at CBC, that it, I 100% believe it's a God thing, and God is leading mm-hmm. us in that, and you're the one He's called He's called to to lead us in that and to just follow Him uh, wherever He goes. So, um, you know, I think for a church, you know, I know we're working behind the scenes to give people, get more people an opportunity to come and experience this to get yeah. involved, and I think it's fitting that. This is what's going on right now with SoulFit, and we're talking about you know the soul in this series, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of good, exciting things planned for this ministry year. So yeah. thanks for um, leading the SoulFit ministry. Thanks for kicking off this series. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add to today? Um, you know, I'll leave it at that. I think one of the things I enjoyed about the book and why we did it was it, it was kind of good for my soul to just read it. Mm. You know, John Ortberg's a really kind of fluid writer. I think when you start digging into some of the details, you start to get lost and you start to kind of pick apart some of the challenging uh, aspects. But to just read it, I think, was helpful for me and I enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, I appreciate the, I appreciate that aspect of ministry, that we get to do things that give us life. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Thanks for sharing today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for kicking off the series. And um, yeah, thanks for everyone who's listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. See you guys.